back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, joined now by the new associate head coach, Baylor Men's Tennis, Izak uh, Vandermerva. And uh, Izak, I'm uh, very excited for you. I saw that news go out the other day, and I said, I got to get that man on the radio show. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. That is, uh, that's very fun. And uh, Thank you. I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you. Thank you very much, Matt. No, it's, uh, it's been a great ride at Baylor. Um, starting a few years ago, 1819 uh, was my first season as a volunteer, and I kind of took the plunge to get back into uh, college coaching, you know, for the first time after finishing the professional tour, and, and uh, things have worked out uh, better than I could ever thought, and uh, you know, my dream was always to be a Baylor for a long time, but, you know, the college coaching world can be uh, transient and people can move around a lot. Um, but I've been very lucky and fortunate to be here at Baylor for five seasons and entering my sixth season and and uh, working so closely with Michael Woodson um, and Jackie Haddock, our ops, ops director. Uh, they've been here all this time, and it's been just the best experience. What about Michael? Like um, when y'all got together, what did you kind of learn about him, and and how instrumental has he been in your coaching career? Y'all seem to really function well together, or he wouldn't have uh, given you this promotion. What? Um, how? How? How does it work between you guys, and and why has it seemingly worked so well? You know, uh, it's it's been a, a great relationship, you know, and, and not just a working relationship, but uh, outside of work, we're very close friends. Um, our families are very close as well. And, uh, you know, Michael, it, it was it was so cool because Michael was here at Baylor when I first arrived as a as a volunteer. And and I felt like we were kind of in the trenches together, you know, working day in, day out, Um working hard to get the right players on the roster, uh, working hard with the current players that we had. And, um, you know, he brought so much coaching experience um, uh, to the to the fold. Uh, you know, he's been, uh, you know, so he, he had more coaching experience than, than I did. And I had more of the playing experience, you know, and I think that's why we kind of gelled so well. And I learned a lot from him how to manage the players, handle the players, uh, build the relationship with the players so that we can kind of, uh, build that trust so that we can really get to a place where we can give them some of the um, the coaching, sometimes the direct coaching that they need on the court, you know. And I think I, I came from the player background, and those were the things that I needed to learn, you know, as I was putting my coaching hat on, uh, so to speak. And, and I think I learned so much from Michael, and, and I think hopefully he learned from me as well, um, bringing just a different background to the – uh, to the coaching staff, and I think that's why we've worked so well. We've we've been through some adversity over the years. We feel like we've been in the trenches together, and and I've just learned so much from him, and just love working for him uh, every day. You know, so it's been a great relationship. Well, uh, you had a you had a doubles and singles, uh, really good rankings, total of 
17 ATP Challenger Tour singles and doubles titles, and I'm sure a lot of these players want to get to that level. Um, how inquisitive are they about that, about your playing career? Are they, do they like to pepper you with questions and, and, and ask you about some of these tournaments that you either won or were, were in? I would think when Wimbledon comes up, everybody, including me, wants to know, okay, did you go qualify for Wimbledon at some point? What was that experience like? I bet, I bet you do. I bet the players love tapping into that. Yeah, you know, I think there comes a balance. There's a balance with that. Um, I think some players get tired of hearing about a coach and the coach's escapades on the tour, and I did this and I did that. And, and so it's a little bit of a balance. But I think, you know, the reason why I always got into coaching and coaching at this level with, with a team like Baylor is because I felt like I, I've been in their shoes. Um, I know where they want to go, and I – you know, I've been there and I've kind of done it and, and I've put in the hard yards and worked really hard to, to achieve uh, my dreams and goals as a tennis player. And, and I really want to help them, just be a resource for them to help them along. And and there comes uh, periods during their time here at Baylor or where they may be maybe low down on their luck or they're doing really well. And, and I can kind of bring some perspective, you know, and say, hey, at one point, I was in the spot where, you know, I wasn't winning a lot of matches. This is how I got out of it. Or I was on a high. This is how you kind of use that to kind of move up the uh, mountain of achievement, so to speak. And and so I think that's where it's great. And, yeah, we have a bunch of guys that aspire to play professional tennis. And they want to – a lot of people that come to Baylor to play tennis, they want to – they're doing it because they want the shot to eventually move on and make a living on the tour. And we have a bunch of guys doing it right now, like Connie Franson and Matthias Soto and Charlie Broom, who's played for me and Michael. And they're doing it. And, and those are the fun experiences to work with these guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we like the inquisitive players and we feel like we have a bunch of them. And uh, just to circle back, I know the grass court season is going on and Wimbledon is going on. And, and uh, Charlie Broom just played in the qualifying there. And it was really fun to talk to him because when I was very young, I, I got a chance to play in the qualifying and made it through into the main draw a couple of yeah. times in, in doubles and once in singles. And it's it's nice to be able to have a conversation with Charlie and say, hey, you know, like these are the things that I kind of looked at and made sure I was doing well and, and just, you know, little things because uh, it can, you never know when it can hit home and, and really help him get over the hump. So it's really cool to be in that position. Did you like that grass surface? Um, most of us don't get to play a lot, especially like in Waco or Central Texas. We don't have a lot of grass yeah. options. Yeah. What did you what did you enjoy about that? Other than I'm, I'm sure it is a little better on your legs or joints or whatever, but it, it really is brings a whole different style and approach, I would think. Yes, and I think, you know, that's we don't see that that often. It's about five weeks of the year. We play on grass uh, on the tour uh, leading into Wimbledon, and sometimes there's maybe one more tournament after Wimbledon in the States uh, on grass. But yeah, it's completely different. It, uh, the ball bounces much lower. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uneven bounces. It takes much more athleticism to play on the grass. You you have to be able to move low uh, to the ground. You have to be kind of fleet-footed, uh, very soft with your movement. So it's not just all power. And uh, it's it's a very athletic surface to play on. And it's it's really cool to see how the the top players in the world, Djokovic's and 
know, dolls and feathers, you know, how they adapt their game and how dif- different they play on the grass than any other surface. And I think that's the, the cool thing about the grass is just how athletic it is. And, and it suited my game style. I was a good athlete and I was kind of tall so I could get into the net and I can use my big serve uh, to to win some free points because it really helps to serve. You know, playing on grass since the ball doesn't bounce as high and it uh, takes bad bounces and uh, so forth. So it's a really fun surface, but five weeks is probably enough for most guys to play on it and then they're ready to get back onto the hard courts or the clay courts where most of the tennis is played uh, during the year. But it's a really cool time of year to watch the grass and how, how guys kind of change their games uh, and adapt to the surface. When When you let it rip... Uh, Izak, what, what what's about the top speed you could hit? I bet I bet you could just let it go every once in a while. Obviously, you wanted to do it in control, but that sounds like it was one of the strengths of your game. What was kind of the top yeah. end for you? Uh, you know, on my serve, about in the 130 miles an hour, uh, that's about <laughs> where I would max out, you know. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we have a guy, uh, Connie Franson, who played at Baylor two years ago. He graduated, and he's out on the doubles tour, just broke into the top 100. And uh, he's hitting serves in the 140s, you know. Like, so he, he's got a – you know, and I kept on telling Connie when he was at Baylor, I kept on telling him, like, listen, you got one of the best serves in the world. You know, you got probably the best serve in college tennis. you got to, uh, you know, keep working on that thing because it's going to make you a lot of money on the tour. And, and he's out there doing a great job, and he's doing doing just that. So, uh, yeah, I had a big serve, but I think Connie's serve is bigger, you know. So. Man, Izak Vander Merva joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What do the Bears need to do to get back to that lofty status, playing in Final Fours, playing for the national championship? We get kind of spoiled, and then you have a year where you don't go as far. And it's kind of like, wait, what happened? What happened here? Yeah. And I know you know you can't do it every single year, but what do you think gives you guys a chance going to this next season to maybe get back up there and, and have a shot to, to perhaps go all the way. Yes. Now, um, definitely this, this past season was very challenging. And um, I think we, as a team, we wanted to do better than uh, what we did, but uh, we had a few uh, really unfortunate injuries, uh, things, you know, things that happened once in a blue moon and a couple of them just happened in the same season with, with two of our base players. So that made it challenging for us. Uh, the great thing that happened through that, Matt, was that we had an opportunity for our younger players to really step up and get some great experience playing dual match tennis, which is much different than what they used to when they play in the juniors or even when they go out and play on their own uh, in some more professional, professionalized events. So I think that's going to serve us really well for the next season. And, you know, we, we bring in four new players um, and we're very excited about them. And we've always had our eye on 2025. So we've structured the team to kind of turn over a little bit um, during this time. But now we have a team in place that we're going to move forward with for the next couple of seasons. And we're very excited about the guys we're bringing in, we have, have a transfer coming in that has a lot of experience. We have a couple of youngsters coming in, very high talent players, one from South Africa, one from the UK. Uh, so there's just a lot to be excited about uh, the next year, but we're going to have to do the work. You know, we, um, we have to be the fittest team out, out there in college tennis if we want to go deep in the postseason. And so that's something that we're going to focus on. And, 
um, you know, just make sure that these these young talented guys are are in great shape and ready to go. So we're gonna, you know, do the hard work and do the smart work, you know, so to speak. You know where to find those South African players, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have to take advantage of the recruiting edges you have, and and my years on the ground with the South Africans for sure. Yeah. Now, you were really good at doubles and singles, but do you find yourselves, does Michael sometimes say, okay, uh, he's like, I want you to really hunker down on these doubles? Is like, I'm just kind of curious how you all divide yeah. things like that because doubles was something you really excelled at in your professional career. Do you continue to spend a lot of time uh, on that aspect of the game? Yeah, you know, d- doubles is much different than singles in – and if I can break it down in terms of, you know, when you play singles, it's very physical and it's about ball striking and you have a lot of time, you know, when you're playing singles. When you're playing doubles, it's much more about strategy um, and maybe execution, just the first few shots, like return to serve. And there's a lot of positioning strategy in terms of where you want to position yourself and so when you look at the top doubles players in the world, they're not the best physical athletes. They're often much older. They're 35 years old, and those are the best doubles players in the world because they, they're very experienced. They understand the strategy of doubles very well. And so that's where I feel like we can help our players a lot. When they're 17, 18 years old coming to us, they don't necessarily have the experience as doubles players. So we really um, focus on that to um, to help the players understand how to play high-level doubles. And I think it served our, our team really well last season. And I th- I'm excited for the next couple of years because we're bringing in some great doubles players. And um, I'm excited for them. And, and yeah, we I don't think we necessarily divide up the coaching roles, uh, but I think there's a lot of experience that I have in the doubles game that I can help these guys with. And, and usually we try to be a... Um, you know, on the same page, you know, all three coaches kind of talking the same game to the players. I think that's the most important thing. And mm. usually we discuss those things off court and make sure that we have the same voice uh, uh, that the players hear. I bet you were poaching everything. Weren't you up there with that height and everything? <laughs> you were stalking in that doubles. Yeah. I, I know, I, I noticed playing, uh, there's a, one of your fellow countrymen was still playing at Wimbledon as of uh, Claussen. And, and as you kind of uh, mentioned, I mean, here's a 40-year-old guy that's still out there yeah. uh, playing doubles and playing at a really high level. And that, it's kind of remarkable, yeah. isn't it, that that, that, that's, that kind of yeah. thing's still going on? Yeah, no, uh, exactly. Raven, Raven Clausen is one of my best friends from the tour. We played a lot of doubles together. And, you know, he only broke into the top 100 of doubles, I think, when he was age 31, maybe. Um, and so he's really made his career between 31 and 40. I think he's turning 41 maybe this year or later. And I just spoke to him and he's basically unwinding his career. And, uh, but what a great player and, and what a great career he's had. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great volleyer and I like to think of myself as a, a great net player. And that's kind of uh, what I base my game around. And that's why I had success on the grass because going to the net really helps you there, taking the ball out of the air before it bounces and, uh, it's the same thing you do in doubles. You know, the quicker you can get to the net and take over that part of the court, the more advantage you have. Do you still get out there and play uh, with the guys? I'm sure that with your career, they they kind of like to challenge you every now and then, or or have you truly hung it up? 
No, you know, I, I told Michael, hey, I want to play a little bit more. Maybe I'm getting inspired by guys like Raven at 40 years old, and he's still kind of playing out there. And I see some of these doubles guys playing well, and I'm like, I should uh, play a little bit more with the guys. But, but I really enjoy playing with the guys and playing doubles with them. And actually, the interesting thing is you pick up uh, something different when you're actually playing against the guys versus just coaching from the side. You kind of sense... You know, when you're on the court and playing, it's much more of a feel game, and you you're feeling the pressure that they apply on you. You you ex- exploiting some of their weaknesses uh, when you see them, and you can actually pick up on a lot of different things that you can go uh, work on the next day, and you can kind of give them very valuable feedback uh, after playing against them versus just standing on the side and kind of looking into the match and seeing what what's happening. So I think it's invaluable and. And I hope I can do it for a long time where I can uh, go out there and play with the guys. But, you know, the clock is ticking. You know, I'm turning 40 <laughs> next year. So, so I don't know. I've I got to stay healthy and so I can keep getting out there with the guys. What, what do your guys do this time of year? What are they doing to kind of stay on top of things? Are they going around in some tournaments? Like what's available to these top college players, um, you know, when we get in the heat of the summer? Yes, uh, that's a great question. But everybody's in different situations. We have a freshman player that's uh, incoming freshman, and he's training with us right now. And so he's doing a lot of training, uh, which is great for him. But then we have other more experienced players that are basically out on the circuit playing lower-level pro events um, uh, to to just kind of test their skills and see if they can get more matches in during the summer. So it's a bit of a combination. So we, we stay busy as coaches. Uh, we tend to recruit some, but we also tend to always have somebody in town. Um, in the next few weeks, we'll have multiple players in town that we're going to work with um, that wants to just get better, work on their fitness, and, and get a head start on the season. Um, that starts in the fall. So it's a bit of a combination, but our players are playing a lot of tournaments out there on the tour right now, so it's great for them. All right, and did you like uh, Breakpoint, the uh, Netflix documentary, as someone who played on the uh, tour and was out there a lot? Does it seem pretty realistic, and and, uh, was it enjoyable for you? Yes, I think uh, they just came out with the second uh, five episodes. Uh, I think... I think as a player and as somebody that watched tennis a lot, like obviously the drama for us is not in the, the score lines because we kind of knew who won these tournaments, who won these matches. But I think a really neat thing is to just show a little bit of the behind the scenes, um, you know, what these players go through, the pressures they feel um, in between matches, um, what they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, because we tend to watch tennis and we just see the successes on the in the Grand Slams, and uh, you don't see all the other things, the background, where they came from, what they had to sacrifice to make it to the top of the game, where they are. I think that's the neat thing about the show, and I do enjoy that, uh, enjoy seeing those things, and I hope that it's fun for other people and enjoyable to see uh, just kind of the hard work they're putting in and, and that it's not just uh, glamour, you know, it's actually a lot of grinding and a pretty lonely sport. Um, so you do need a lot of people to support you along the way and that's exactly what we try to do here at Baylor for, you know, our current players and our future players just to be a resource for them and, and you know, let them know that anytime they want to come back and train or uh, we're we're there and the doors are open for them to come and have a bit of a base and, and just a support system. I think that's that's the beauty of college tennis and that's the beauty of Baylor men's tennis. We 
we we make a big impact in these guys' lives. You know, I would say so. Well, congratulations, Isaac. That's uh, that's great news, and uh, I hope this g- you, gets man. you out there traveling even more, recruiting, just globe trotting, and yeah. going. By the way, what country would you say are you seeing? Is there any country that is just exploding? the interest in tennis, these things ebb and flow over the years. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like with tennis, uh, you know, it, it, it's making a bit of a comeback in some areas of, of, of the world. It's always been great, you know, European countries and all. Is there one particular yeah. part of the world where you're seeing it really take off, even in the past five years or so? You know, I think – with Djokovic being the top player in the world, I do think places like Serbia, uh, that the old Yugoslavian countries, uh, there's been a bit of a renaissance in their tennis. Um, so I do think that's the world where there's a lot of great players coming out. And I know Djokovic does a lot to give back. And it was the same with the Spanish players and the Swiss players. Swiss, you know, it's a small country, so they don't have as many players coming through. But Spanish players, for sure, with Nadal, doing well and and you know now with the americans i, th- I think they're uh, it's on the rise you know maybe the netflix show like gives tennis a little bit more mileage and coverage and i there's a bunch of americans young americans doing well ben shelton's doing great and it's just a a bunch of guys doing doing a great job so i hope that piques the interest of the americans and hopefully uh, there could be another Grand Slam champion coming out of the U.S. Uh, sometime soon. You know, I think the Europeans have had a stranglehold on that, and and I hope uh, you know uh, the American can can kind of get a title at one point. Yeah. By the way, have you and Michael played any pickleball, or as tennis professionals, do you stay away from that? Uh, yeah, you know the the pickleball uh, <laughs> craze is really on, and and uh, it's amazing what's happening in pickleball and how quickly it's growing. Uh, I tend to stick with tennis. I really enjoy that much more. Uh, it's a little bit more mm. dynamic and uh, physical, but I know that pickle is is huge, and even a lot of players or top tennis players are moving away from tennis, you know, into pickle. So. Uh, we haven't played it as much, but we might have to go out there and, and give it a go. You know, So we'll have to see with Michael if we should do that. Yeah, um, just stay out of the heat. You know, okay, stay, get, just yeah. get an indoor court or something. Use that indoor facility. Yeah. But, uh, well, Isaac, uh, congratulations. Really appreciate the time and uh, look forward to watching the team play in the coming days. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for the support, as always. And, uh, yeah, we look to have a great season in 20, uh, 23 24. Thank you. You bet. Isaac uh, van der uh has been promoted to associate head coach of the Bears. And uh, really a uh, uh, good guy, South African, uh, uh, played in the Davis Cup a bunch of times. I think he and Michael make a really good combination. And I think they uh, they got some great players returning there was one player i remember who was uh for whatever reason there were some eligibility concerns when he was coming in from wherever he'd come from uh and and so they'll get all that solved to get some of these injuries going the right way and i bet they'll be right in the thick of the final four and that type of thing so very exciting to uh, have Ezok on today we do have some campus confidential